every one of us knows what it's like to have a really weird, awkward conversation. And a lot of times when we realize it's uncomfortable, we'll just shy away from it and avoid it altogether. What if I told you that those conversations are the very thing that bring us closer together? That's what we're talking about today on the New Community Church podcast is difficult conversations and how these conversations bring us closer together and how that is hope for our homes. It's actually good news for our families to know that this is a way we can grow closer and will actually help us to do this in our life. This is the third week of our Hope for Your Home series, talking about difficult conversations. because we survived and we made it let's go like crazy week may honestly may experience it another time before we die I have no idea but it's good to be here together and I'm glad to see so many people back here in the building just being able to be together is really important and if you're joining us online as well welcome to NCC welcome to New Community Church Um, I'm Caleb Abby I'm the creative pastor here at NCC and Today we are continuing our series, Hope for Your Home. Hopefully these last few weeks have been really helpful for you. I mean, they've been challenging for myself. Alita and I have sat down and talked about, like, how do we create an intentional culture in our home? And, like, how, like what are those declarations we want to keep being intentional about? Last week we talked about singleness in marriage and how God shows his love through these different seasons of life. And, man, that is so important, just talking about the importance of being single and the the goodness that comes with that and how God can use us in that season of life. And, like, if you haven't watched that message, I encourage you to go back to our website. You can find it there. Um, But last week was a little odd because we had to be just online. So it is really good to be back here together, just being able to worship together, hear each other, and grow together like this. Um, But we're talking uh, this week about difficult conversations. Some of you are like, oh, cool. Some of you are like, oh, no. Um, Difficult conversations. And I want to make sure that we see this. This whole series is called Hope for Your Home. Like, we're sharing good news. This is encouraging um, news for us, for our home, to move things forward and our families. And difficult conversations is a necessary part of this series because this is good news for us. Like, talking about difficult conversations, they are helpful for us to grow closer together as a family. And if you don't believe me, just hang in there because it is true. We're talking about difficult conversations. And before I get too far, I want to make sure we're all together here to know what are difficult conversations. When I say difficult conversations, I'm talking about things like conversations between us and another person that feel awkward, that feel weird, that feel difficult to do. Conversations that we would just rather totally avoid. They're challenging to us or challenging to other people. And I say that, and I'm assuming most of us, if not all of us, are thinking of at least one, if not a lot of conversations right now in our life that we 
are like, okay, you're talking about that, and I don't want to have it, so don't tell me that I should. Even this last week, some of you might have brought up a few new difficult conversations. Debbie told me last week, or during this week, that they talked about who are they going to have to eat first when they run out of food. <laughs> difficult conversation. And I thought, man, that would be really awkward for Alita and I to have at the dining room table. Like, <laughs> who's it going to be? <laughs> but when I'm talking about difficult conversations, in reality, it's, it's like things like if you're a parent, you're talking to your kids about sex and relationship, or talking to them about their, the people that they only know because of being online, and all the apps that they're using these days, and what their experience is like online. Or if you're a manager talking with an employee about behavior that's just not acceptable, or you're talking with your spouse about something they do that bothers you. Or when someone that you're discipling, maybe they're missing the mark of what you've been encouraging them to do all this time. Or maybe you have a roommate that drives you crazy, and you need to talk to them about it because like, we're not going to be able to get along if nothing changes. And then it goes beyond just behavior. Like There's a flip side to this, because we think about this easily, the behavior that needs to change, but there's also conversations that feel awkward for us sometimes to just tell your kids or to tell your parents that you love them. That might be a difficult conversation for some of us. Or sharing your feelings out loud and being vulnerable with people. Or asking someone that you care about how they're really doing and giving them space to actually share what's really going on. And you might find it really hard to say encouraging nice things to your spouse just because, just because you love them. Some of these things might be difficult conversations for us, but these are the things that make us feel awkward, they challenge us, they challenge us to grow, and ultimately they're uncomfortable for us. And because of this, a lot of times, because it's uncomfortable, we'll take a step back where it is comfortable and we'll just avoid it altogether. Like, I'm going to avoid this conversation, things like, seem like they're going okay, and if no one ever brings it up or confronts me about it, like, I guess that means it's fine, right? Well, I would encourage you to lean in to these difficult conversations. Why? Because difficult conversations bring us closer together. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is the whole focus of today, this whole message, is that difficult conversations, they bring us closer together. They're necessary for us because we want to see our families grow closer. We want to see our relationships with people grow closer. So these difficult conversations are necessary in this case. And there are a couple ways that these conversations, they help us to do this, But I first want to address the fact that many of us, if not all of us in the room, are just afraid of having these conversations with people. Because when it comes up, we find ourselves just like frozen. Because we're afraid to really step out and have the conversation with people. That brings me to what you see here on the stage. On this side, this is us, okay? So if, like, everyone that's uh, watching and engaging, like, this is you. This is your space, behind this curtain. And then this over here is that person that you are picturing having this conversation with, okay? Maybe it's your kid, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's someone that you're discipling. This is them. And then this out here, this is a really important part of this illustration. This is what we'll call out in the open, all right? And this is a really important part of these conversations. And when you look at your space, Back here is where we keep our life experiences, our feelings. When we experience something new or we feel something towards someone or a situation, this is like our inner space, okay? Like in our mind, in us, we keep it back here. And a lot of times we'll just hide it back there. And unless someone else like intentionally brings it into the open, 
this is where it stays. And this is where it stays hidden. And you think of moments like a kid who maybe first is exposed to pornography. They're going to keep it back here. And if that's not an open conversation, that's probably never coming out. And it's just going to stay hidden here. Or even if they're just like questioning, what do I do with the money I'm making now that I have a job? Like if finances isn't an open conversation, that's just hidden back here. And it's going to stay there in that sort of inner space. Or it could even be, like we're talking about, there's two sides to this. I might feel impressed by my spouse or like love something about my friend and then I just never share it. So it goes back here. Like we keep it behind the curtain, we keep it hidden. And unless it comes up, we'll just probably never bring it up ourselves. And what happens is what we keep back here, it just causes division between us. And so it causes division in our families and our relationships because it's just being hidden and it's not happening out here together. Because it's out in the open space is really important. So a day comes when I feel challenged to have a difficult conversation with somebody, whether it's my kid or my spouse or a friend, and then I just can't seem to get myself to do it. Like, I'm just afraid of this conversation. You know why? Because if I'm going to go and address something with you, and I'm going to go bring something into the open with you, I have to get out of my space. I have to walk out from behind the curtain. And then I have to be standing out here, out in the open. And then what happens? We're exposed. Like, this, this exposes us, exposes our feelings, exposes our inexperience, our, our lack of knowledge on certain topics maybe. It exposes our fears. It exposes what we feel like we are not, like, equipped enough. And so that's why it's so, it's so hard for us because it exposes us when we have hard conversations. We think it's just awkward for someone else, but I don't want to make them feel that way. In reality, it means that we have to get out from our space and let God see all of us. Because if I'm going to go over here and then open the curtain and say, hey, let's draw this out in the open and let's talk about this, I have to be out here first. So no wonder it feels impossible for us to bring anything up because if I'm going to call something out from your space, I have to be here first. And this is a scary place to be. I'm a vulnerable. I'm exposed. And God can address whatever he wants with me when I'm out here. And that's scary. So a lot of times we are just personally afraid of God seeing all of our stuff that we never take the step to help somebody else work through their stuff. And so we miss these opportunities to grow closer. And when we stay back where it's comfortable, it just is causing division. Because out here we're wide open to God addressing what he wants with us. But if I'm going to go call something else into the open with you, I have to be here first. But this morning I'm here to tell you that this is worth it. I think it's necessary to recognize, like, what is the cost? What are we getting into? And then decide that this is worth having the conversation. Because it will bring us closer together. And what's hidden only causes division. There are things that we never can talk about so that we never do. But the more that's hidden behind those curtains is the more division there is in our families. So we need to be out in the open. We need to know this is what we're getting into and decide that it's worth it for us to to acknowledge the things inside of us so we can help other people to grow as well. Because out in the open, this is where the conversation happens. This is where we come together. A lot of times, we find ourselves back here, and we just yell at each other, hey, you got that thing, you need to bring it out, you need to let God talk to you about it. And we're back here the whole time. What's that about? And then we're surprised they don't do anything with our advice, but we're back here the whole time. We have to step out let God see us and say, hey, 
I want to help pull back the curtain on this and pull that thing out. And let's talk about it. Let's address it together. Because then it's you and me together. It's not you versus me back and forth. This is you and me here addressing those feelings, addressing that situation together. And God can work with us and bring healing out here. This is where the conversation happens. This is where healing happens. This is where we grow closer together through difficult conversations out here with each other and with God. So we have to be willing to engage in this space with each other and with God through difficult conversations. So know this is what we're getting into, but know that this is worth it because this is how we grow closer. And there are two main ways that difficult conversations help us to grow closer together. So I want to talk about these two main ideas of how they help us. The first is that difficult conversations help us to correct. Difficult conversations help us to correct. Help us to correct behavior. You think about the life that Jesus has called us to live. He said, love your enemies. Walk away from temptation. Put others' needs before your own. That's hard for us to do. That's a hard life to live. Because our nature, what's most natural for us, is sinful. And so for us to stand up to that sinful nature and say, I want to live in a different way. I want to live in a way that honors God, that feels different from what is maybe easiest for us most of the time. We need each other. We need difficult conversations because we, as the church, as believers, we have to help correct each other to live the life that Jesus has called us to live. So difficult conversations help us to do this. And when you look in the Bible, you see it all across Scripture, like from cover to cover. Difficult conversations of people correcting behavior to say, this is how Jesus called us to live, so stop doing what you're doing and live this way. You see it in great spiritual leaders in the Old Testament, having corrective conversations with people they're leading. And God will correct those spiritual leaders as well. Honestly, there's more accountability for them to live in the way Jesus has called us to. And when you look at Jesus... He has lots of moments with his disciples to correct their behavior and say, no, that's not how we're going to live. This is what, like, this is the life with God that we're going to live together. He corrects them, and he doesn't hesitate to do that because he knows it's important. And then in the New Testament, you continue, or sorry, with Jesus, he also corrects Pharisees a lot. These people who say, I'm a representation of Jesus, and he's like, or of God, and he's like, well, that's not right then. So, like, he is very blunt with them to make sure that they correct their behavior if they're going to be representing God to do it the right way. And throughout the New Testament, we see a lot of teaching and corrective kind of uh, language from Paul in his letters to churches. These are people that he's invested in, people he has spiritual responsibility with. He shared with them the life of Jesus, the way we should live, and he's going to make sure that they live this way. So he's going to not shy away from these conversations with them to help people stay on the bright path of the life Jesus has called us to live. You look at 1 Corinthians. Right at the beginning of the letter, Paul addresses division in the church. And he says, this is not how we should live. He says, we should be living in harmony. He says, there's fighting and there's jealousy in the church. Like, this isn't right. And he says, we should be together as one. He leans into that conversation to correct behavior. In Galatians chapter 1, he says, I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You're following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. And then later in chapter 2, there's another example. He says, when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. 
And it goes, continue to explain what happened there. But you see that Paul is not shying away from these conversations. Someone he has spiritual responsibility with, if they're missing that mark, they're walking off that path of the life Jesus has shown us, he's going to quickly correct it. He's going to help keep them on the right path and continue to move forward, living in a way that's honoring to God. We need to know these conversations are necessary. Jesus had them with his disciples, which is our greatest example. And then his disciples had them with people that they were leading and that they were invested in. It's important for us to know these conversations are necessary. We can't shy away from them. So I want you to take just a moment and think about people you have spiritual responsibility with. This isn't everyone you know. This isn't all of your Facebook followers. And in a lot of situations, it's not even your whole family. But people you have spiritual responsibility with right now. Your kids, at least for the years that they're living with you. If someone is uh, committed to a discipling relationship with you, if you're discipling someone, they are part of your spiritual responsibility. And then the church, you and me together. Because if we claim to be a representation of God, we have a responsibility to each other to have these conversations and to keep each other accountable to living a life that's honoring to God. So we need to know who are those people in our life. Who do we have spiritual responsibility with? Because those are people that need you to have conversations with them. They need you to help open this curtain, to pull things out into the open so that they can address what's going on, doing it together, but walking in a way that is honoring to God. Those are the people we need to have these conversations with. And if we see them wandering off of that way, we need to bring them back, call them back to this way of life. And we need people willing to do the same for us. And a lot of times we feel maybe empowered, like, oh, I have, I'm able to help somebody in this way, but like, we need people to help us. Because again, our sinful nature, it, it just helps us, makes us veer off a little, but we need people to keep calling us back. So give someone in your life permission to have those conversations with you. But this is what the church is about, that we help each other to live this way. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul gives a great um, call to the church as a whole to live in this way. He says, Brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And before I read the rest of it, we need to recognize that sin, it's, when he says overcome by sin, it's not even like it, when somebody is just deep in addiction or when somebody's life is in shambles. Sin is just us missing the mark. Jesus says live this way, and if we start living a different way, that's sin. We're missing what Jesus has called us to do. So in any time that we see a believer who is living in a way different than what Jesus has called us to, then we have a responsibility, he says, to gently and humbly call them back onto the right path. He says, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. It's important for us to know that we are here to help each other to help each other live in, in a life that's honoring to God, so correcting behavior through these conversations. I'm thankful for people in my life who are willing to ask me tough questions, who are willing to have difficult conversations with me to help pull back the curtain so that I don't have to live with all this stuff hidden and separating me from people, separating me from God. Because it's necessary for us. And then what I realize is the more that I lean into these conversations with people, the more I'm exposed. So the more it helps me. 
Because if I'm going to go help someone, I have to get out of my space. So I'm being exposed and vulnerable every time that I'm engaging in these conversations with other people. So the more we lean into them, the more it helps us, the more it helps each other. The, the closer we are together, because it's almost like shared trauma in a way, that awkward conversation, we've experienced it together. Like, you're talking about this life experience, you're talking about these feelings, but it's not like defining you. It's you and me, and like, we experienced it together, and now we have this like moment, like it brings us together when we have these conversations. So I want you to think, and even just reflecting on these throughout the week, are you having these conversations with the people you have spiritual responsibility with? When you write down some names, who are those people? Are you having conversations with them? Are you calling out behaviors? Are you calling out maybe life experiences or those feelings? And then have you given permission to someone else in your life to have conversations with you? Because we can't be back here and start yelling at each other to fix what's going on. This is us together, being out in the open. So we need to be willing to have these conversations about ourselves. So the first is that difficult conversations help us to correct. Correct behavior, living the life Jesus called us to live. And the second way that difficult conversations help us is they help us to connect. So you have correct behavior and you have connect. Connecting in a deeper way than if we didn't have them at all. This is a lot about sharing our feelings. Like we talked about kind of what was going on outside, how we behave. But what about what's going on inside, how we feel, our emotions, Difficult conversations help bring that out in the open for us to connect on a deeper level. They help us to understand each other better, to know each other better, when we get to know what's really going on inside. And these are things like sharing our feelings of encouragement or sharing feelings of love. And when you read through Paul's letters, there's obviously a lot of corrective language and he talks about behavior and correcting that. But he also shares a lot of encouragement and praise to people that he loves. In Philippians, and Colossians, in Thessalonians, he's saying, like, I thank God for you. I love you. Like, we thank God all the time for you. We're praying for you all the time. And I want to share a bit of scripture from 1 Thessalonians when he says, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in chapter 2, he says, After all, what gives us hope and joy? What will be our proud reward and crown when we stand before Lord Jesus when he returns? It's you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. This is an example to us in how to talk to each other. These might be difficult conversations for us if we're not used to doing this, but sharing praise, sharing love and encouragement to the people that are close to us. People need to hear that. Like, we know, like, it feels good when someone says, I love you. When someone says, like, you made me really proud to be your husband or made me really proud to be your wife in this moment. Or, like, I'm proud to be your friend. That feels good, right? But we have the opportunity to do that with other people. And sometimes it's just so difficult because we're not used to it. But it's necessary for us to lean into a difficult conversation to share those things that we love. Sharing with your kids how much you love them. How much you're proud of them. What they do that makes you proud. Sharing with your parents how much you're thankful for them and what they've done for you. Just because, not because you're trying to get something, not because it got up by someone else, but just because you want them to know. Sharing with your spouse all the things that you love about them that make you proud to be married to them. 
this is necessary for us to do this, to share our feelings of encouragement to other people. But then also when we talk about feelings, it's, it's sharing our feelings about situations, about how we felt in a certain situation or how I felt when something happened. In James chapter 5, he says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great powers that it's working. When we confess and we're open with each other, it's where we find healing. And we see it in the body of Christ because we're together in this. It's necessary for us to look out for one another and be open with one another, to open up the curtain about what's been going on inside of me, to share, like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, I want to address those feelings together and not just let it separate us. It's necessary for us to do that because now when we do that and we're out here in this open space with someone else, now it's you and me facing whatever situation, whatever feelings, it's not you versus me anymore. But it's you and me, and that's how we work as a church together. This is an important element of conversation that's, that's really difficult for us, and it's why we need to recognize that it's helpful to have conversations like this. And it can be really difficult for us to express our feelings in this way if we're not used to it, and sometimes just especially with our families. Um, this is like hits home for me. Uh, I think about Christmas a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, and all of my family was together in Oklahoma. All my sisters were there. Alita and I went up to Oklahoma to be with them, and it's Christmas evening. We always do kind of a lot of uh, dramatic, like, production almost type of stuff. Christmas evening, we did a murder mystery game. So this is a picture of us um, all dressed up in all of our characters, because the Bagbys don't do anything halfway. Um, it's a good picture of, like, who we are as a family. But, like, this, this night was kind of defining for me. We were, we were doing our game right, and I'm, like, I'm trying to really lean into my character. As you could, I don't know if you could tell already, but I was a journalist. So I'm, like, oh, cool. Like, I'm going to really be interested in people's um, information they have to share and all this stuff. I'm, like, acting like I'm recording our conversations, writing notes down. And I'm like, I'm going to solve this murder. And a lot, like, we were looking at a lot of clues on the table, and then we had, like, this break. And it was like, just take a break. We'll come back in a couple minutes, and you can talk to people if you want. And so I found my, one of my younger sisters, and I just, like, start grilling her with questions. And I'm like, I'm going to interview you, and I'm going to get everything you know. And she did really good because she didn't have any extra information to share with me that I didn't already know. So she's just going around and around the answers that I was asking her and I'm starting to get frustrated, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, answer my question, and so we're spending all this time going back and forth and back and forth, and it's kind of funny, but I'm getting frustrated, and now everyone else is back at the table, and they're, like, ready to start the game, and they're, like, you know, we're, we're over here, like, just in our own world when I'm asking her all these questions, and a couple of family members are, like, hey, just leave him alone. Like, just come back over here. Like, if he's being annoying, just let him stay there, whatever, and I was, like, Okay, cool. And, like, I felt, like, embarrassed all of a sudden, where I'm like, well, I didn't realize everyone's already back. Like, I'm keeping up the game, and now I'm embarrassed about, like, the character I was trying to act, and I was frustrated about my sister not answering any questions. So I'm just, like, really emotionally intense right now, and I just, like, shut down. It was, like, game over for me. And some of you guys kind of know what that's like. Maybe that's you, or maybe that's someone in your family. You know what it's like to just kind of shut down, walk out the door, Everyone's walking on eggshells now, like no one can talk to that person anymore. Well, that was me that night. Sat down at the table, just couldn't even hardly talk to anybody. 
game's going on, and I'm like, please, 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 just let it be done. And game's finishes, I just go to our room. And I'm just sitting there on the bed, and I'm like, my best intention was just sit there and just stay here all night. Like, I'll get up in the morning, and everything's going to be fine. Everyone will have moved on, and we don't have to talk about it anymore. And then Jesus starts talking to me. And I hated this moment. (laughs) But he's like, you can't just stay here. And this was really hard for me because I haven't really maybe acknowledged some of these feelings with my family before. And so I'm like, God, I don't want to go out there. Like, don't make me do this. And he's like, you have to. And I just knew, like, I don't want to be remembered like this. I don't want my family to expect me to deal with my feelings in this way. And so I was like, got up out of the bed and I'm like mad at God. And I'm like, you made me do this. And I walked out of the room, and my family's in the living room, and I did something I'd never done before. And some of you might feel like terrified to do this like I was. I announced to my family what I was feeling. Like, that was new for me. And I just told everybody, hey, I'm sorry for how I acted in this game. Like, I was shared how, how I was feeling. I was frustrated. I was just embarrassed about this moment. But I'm just sorry that I had to make it awkward and weird for everybody. And some of you are like, crap, now we have to go do that? (laughs) But know what happened after that. Like, when I shared these feelings, like, I was relieved. Like, now this isn't defining me now. Like, we can address these feelings together out in the open. Like, this is the moment that I was like, had all of this, like, craziness happening back here, where you could see, like, that night, I was just like this, right? And I decided, like, it's okay to throw this event out in the open, to open it up to my feelings and just put it out here. Because I don't want to deal with it on my own, and I don't want that to define me going forward. And then what happened next was really important. Because a couple family members, they shared, like, hey, like, we're sorry. Like, we never intended, like, for you to feel bad about grilling Ronnie over there. And I was like, that was important for me to hear, like, I mean, I knew that, but to hear them say, like, we never meant it personally or meant to hurt you or anything like that, that was important for me. And Alita shared some really wise words with me that night, because what I noticed is that it was really pretty easy for other people to respond whenever I shared my feelings first. And she told me, something that's going to keep challenging me as, as I get older, she said, when we go first, we give other people the gift of going second. It's easier, it's a lot easier to just respond with your feelings than it is to first do it. Because if someone else is already out here, when I come out here, I don't have to be alone. So if someone else is taking the first step, I just get to go out with them. And that's nice. We have the power to go first. We have the ability to make it easy for other people to go second. When we go first, we give other people the gift of going second. And this is through difficult, weird, awkward conversations. This is what brings us closer together. That night, I felt like closer to my family than in a long time. Because I was open about what's going on, and we were able to just talk about it together. This is what brings us closer together when we have these difficult, weird, awkward conversations to help bring each other back on track with the life Jesus has called us to live and to share what's going on inside, to share our feelings that would connect us. 
So I want you to just take a moment and reflect. So just go ahead and close your eyes for just a moment. And we will pray in a moment, but I want you to just first re- reflect on your own life and think, what are these conversations that I'm avoiding? Conversations with your kids, conversations with your parents or with your spouse or your friend. Or maybe it's just a conversation with God. You've been avoiding talking to him because of all the stuff you know you're going to have to talk about. What are these conversations you're avoiding? I'm telling you, it's worth it to lean into it, to step out into the open, and let's do this together. Lean into that awkward conversation and open it up. Use it to grow closer together instead of creating division. So think about a time this week, and maybe you're not having that specific conversation, but that you can start to open up a conversation, a relationship with that person, so that you can keep talking more. And then be able to bring up maybe whatever it is that's on your heart that's really been challenging you. Difficult conversations bring us closer together, and we need to remember that. So you can continue to just keep your eyes closed for a moment, and I want to just take us into a moment that we would just pray together. And as we're sitting here together, and even if you're joining us online, you might be feeling like, I've been avoiding talking with Jesus for a long time. And I felt this need to be with him and to share my life with him. But I just haven't wanted to do it yet. I want to give some space that this morning, if you want to start this relationship with Jesus to start having these conversations with him, that he would help you work through the stuff in your life. This is our moment that we can say, make that commitment. I want to live with Jesus. I want to give my life to him, that he would help to help me grow closer to him spiritually. So if that's you in the room, and even everyone else would just pray together, uh, just in support of those people who are making that decision, if you'd pray this after me, Jesus, I come to you, and I know that I've messed up. I don't want to keep living the way that I have. I want you to make me new. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. And I ask you into my heart today. Forgive my sins. Direct my steps every day of my life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we just celebrate for a moment anyone who made that decision? That, that's a big deal. Like, that's a hard conversation to have with the Lord. To want to grow in that way. And we'll talk in just a moment and how we can help you to keep growing if you made that decision this morning. But I want to take a moment and just challenge you. Whatever that conversation that you've been feeling this whole time. Like maybe there's one specific person or specific thing that you've been feeling in your heart, like couldn't get out of your head this whole time we're talking about having difficult conversations. Lean into it. Let God give you the strength to step out here in the open first and then to call that out with someone else. Again, that you have spiritual responsibility with to be there with them. And I want to just take a moment and pray for us together that God would give us the boldness to do this. That we wouldn't be afraid of this space out here.
but that God would continue to bring people alongside our lives to help keep this curtain open and give us the strength to quickly address behavior or to help pull out feelings with other people so we could do it together and grow closer together. So let's pray just a moment together. Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, for this opportunity that we can come together and just, just to talk about your word. And Lord, in this specific uh, situation of our life, I pray that you give us this boldness to step out into this open space, to not be afraid of addressing stuff in our life with you, so that we have the ability to help other people grow closer to you. And you'd bring us closer together as a church family in our relationships, but even in you know, separate families where we live together, Lord. That you'd bring people closer together through these conversations. That the division would be no more, that there wouldn't be these hesitations, there wouldn't be these walls anymore, but we would be able to come together, Lord, in a whole new way. That our love for each other would just go deeper than it ever has. We believe that that will happen. We thank you, Jesus, that we have this opportunity with each other and to grow closer to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you loved us first and that because of you, we have the ability to do this. We love you, Lord, and we praise in Jesus' name. glad you're able to join us today on the new community church podcast and as you reflect on this message think about what that one conversation is that you can have this week with someone to start growing closer together here at ncc we're all about making people and places new and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith so connect with us online at newcommunity.co